This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. When was the last time you saw a couple old white dudes dancing to bumper music on Wake Up Mid-Missouri? With no shoes on. <laughs> I'm Brandon Rather. John Marsh is here. Steve Spellman. Steph Bell's back in a few days. That is producer Hannah. So we were chatting. Uh, we have uh, Kent Hayden on the uh, show. He's a lawmaker, reps the Mexico uh, area. He's joining us. He's got a roadkill bill. Here's who should be responsible for it. Here's how we pay for it. He's joining us tomorrow, 635. Also, Governor Parson on the show tomorrow at 835. So there's some interesting things. But I wanted to chat with somebody who's actually, like, done this kind of thing. Uh, Brian Boyce, Cole County Public Works Superintendent, used to do the same thing in Boone County. Brian, thanks for being here. You, used, you, you go out and clean the roadkill up off the roads? Well, first off, I want to tell you how honored I am to be on the show today talking about such a riveting issue. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> uh, I actually am not the one that goes out and picks up the deer, um, but I'm the popular guy that asks other people to go out and pick up the deer. And uh, it's not always deer. It's, it's, it's also domesticated animals, anything else that might cause an issue out on the roadway so so uh, <laughs> when when you're saying hey joe you got to do this how's worth you got to go out is it like the low dude on the totem pole how do you decide who's going out to clean up the roadkill that day well it's really not uh decided like that uh basically if, if it's on a certain road and i've got a crew working close by we'll we'll send that crew over to pick up the dead animal towards the end of the day or maybe early in the morning okay. it's a lot better this time of year picking them up uh they're frozen uh when you send them out when it's 105 yeah. degrees outside and they got reported uh today and they've been sitting out there for about a week uh once again I, i'm not very popular when i send the guys out to do that so you pick up the phone and you go hey while you're in the area there's this thing that needs taken care of is that how it is that how it goes that is how it goes, and then usually the response is, are you kidding me? Oh, come on, man. <laughs> so let me ask you this, and this might our guest, by the way, Brian Boyce, Cole County Public Works Superintendent, talking about roadkill. Oh, by the way, Tom Brady's retired. We're going to compare Patrick Mahomes' stats. Everybody says Tom Brady, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all times, but in the midst of this roadkill conversation, <laughs> what if we compared Mahomes' stats to Brady's stats? We'll get into that at 835. We'll meet Steve Spellman, guest co-host today. In the summer... Uh, There's a goat joke here somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Brian, in the summer, like, is it... Do you have to use special equipment to clean roadkill? Is it just shovels? What do you all do? Well, that greatly depends on how long the deer's been sitting there or how long the animal's been sitting there. Of course, we're not going to ask our employees to go out and, you know, put rubber gloves and a mask to pick up a deer that's been sitting there for several days in the middle of summer. So we'll take a backhoe out or something to pick it up. But I can totally understand uh, MoDOT's reasoning for not picking up the animals. I mean, they're on a much higher volume roads. You know, you're out there on I-70, 63, 54, Highway 50. They're going to have to set up a lane drop they're going to have to it's, it's a lot larger operation to go pick up a dead animal off the side of the road so i totally understand their reasoning for doing what they're doing i also understand the reasoning behind wanting to take care of this issue because you do see a lot of dead animals on the side of the road 
when you're traveling on on the major highways it's not as big an issue for us here in Cole County because of lower volume roads and 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 lower speed limits uh Brian <clears throat> I have a, a point and then I definitely have a, a question here about this because when I worked at Missouri Ned I would have to be at the Capitol late at night I can't tell you multiple times probably three or four there were deer that would run across Highway 50 there at the tri-level. I mean, in, a, in an urban area, because there's woods not far from the National Guard facility, and I would I came very close to hitting them a few times. So I know it's definitely an issue at times, even in the in the city of Jefferson. But I'm looking at Kent Hayden's bill. We'll have him on tomorrow. We're not going to ask you to take a position on it, but I'm, I see Missouri Farm Bureau is a, a support. But the Missouri Department of Corrections is going to testify at the at, at, at an upcoming hearing as well it's or so it appears for informational purposes we know that they do uh they cut the grass there in jefferson city mode uh, the prisoners do those are work release inmates other areas as well do the prisoners also have to pick up the deer do we know if, if that's going on because they're clearly interested in this bill you know as i said um i can't really speak for modot i do know a lot of the uh the guys out there, especially the the area supervisor, and their position on it right now is is they just move it to the edge of the road and let nature take its course. Um, I I don't know that that wouldn't be a uh, option for MoDOT. Uh, it's not an option currently for for the Cole County Public Works Department to to utilize prisoners, but I do know that MoDOT uses them for mowing, and and that could very well be an option for them. That's just going to be something that they would have to work out with the Department of Corrections. Um, of course, there's also working all of these issues out with the conservation department as well for reimbursement. I seen in the bill that they were talking about reimbursing up to three hundred and five dollars, which I think is a fair price because that's usually what it costs for us to dispose of a deer. I'll do it for fifty, by the way, if you want to call me. <laughs> uh, our, our guest is Brian Boyce, uh, Cole County Public Works Superintendent. There is a road kill. Bill, the sponsor, joins us on the show tomorrow. But he's talking more. Brian's talking more about like how does this work in practice? Brian, it, it's handled a little differently now. Correct me if I'm wrong. One county handles it one way. One county handles it differently. How did it, how did it work when you were working in the southern part of Boone County on on deer and dead animals? Well, when I was working for Boone, uh, I'd say probably five or six years ago. You know, we. We were we were struggling to keep employees and and have and have staff on hand to take care of issues like that. So we actually started uh, hiring a contractor to take care of the the roadkill that that you would have there. Now keep in mind Boone County has nearly twice as many miles of road as Cole County does, so the issue was a little larger there. But we hired a contractor to dispose of the deer and then we we paid that contractor the the cost of of disposing of it and then they took it to the uh the city dump which is ran by the city of columbia here in cole county uh our 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 dump is ran by a private contractor as well but the issue is a lot you know we don't have near as many deer to pick up i know my employees listening right now are probably saying (laughs) we have a lot more than what you think but uh <laughs> we we actually pick the deer up ourselves with our our road staff, and then we take them to the to the dump, and then they dispose of them there. Yeah, it is a safety. I mean, you know, we have a lot of jokes and so forth. I, I get it, but it's a serious issue. I mean, a deer in a lane of traffic, like a regular, you got a big pickup, maybe you can blast over it, but you know, regular cars and so forth. It can cause another wreck. I mean, and and you have sort of yeah. sanitation stuff, especially in the summer and. 
you know, you get flies and it's rotted and, you know, that's no good and attracts vultures and all that. Um, what are some of the more, more common things that are roadkill? I mean, I guess we're talking about bigger things like, like deer, but, I mean, I see a lot more armadillos over the years and things like that. What are some other things that are, I don't know, common pickup items of roadkill? Well, I mean, you hate to get into the issue because I'm an, I'm an animal lover myself. Yeah. But, you know, we, we do have issues with domesticated animals, well, yeah. you know, cats and, and dogs. And, of course, there's, there's, there's a variety of wild animals that get hit, not just deer. Deer are just the largest issue because it's not just as easy as going out with a shovel, throwing it on the back of the truck, taking yeah. it out to the landfill and getting rid of it. Deer requires two or three guys to go pick it up or a piece of equipment. They're much larger animals. So, and you know, they, they get hit, they'll, they'll, they'll run onto someone's property. And one of the big things that I did want to mention is, is if, if the animal's not on the county's right of way, then the county's not, you know, responsible for picking it up. <laughs> you would be surprised how many people We'll actually drag the animal up to the road just so we'll come and pick it up. <laughs> Illegal dumping over here. So, Brian. It's very obvious. It just snowed six inches, and there's a trail from the deer that they, they took it to drug it up to the road so the county road department will come pick it up. And, of course, our guys don't really care for that, but it's, just, it's real life. that it, it, we, you know, we have to take responsibility for, for keeping the roads safe and, and keeping the ditches clean so we've got good drainage. So, it, just, it turns into being just something we have to do you can tell the deer the last few minutes of that deer's life man he propped himself up and drug himself out to just uh couldn't make it brian boys cole county public Works (laughs) superintendent they clean roadkill how do you guys what do you do like when you've got a skunk uh that's actually in its glands have been burst uh and it's fouling up like an entire zip code how do you guys clean what do you do there well um (laughs) <laughs> I have I have not had the opportunity to deal with that, Brandon. So now that's probably going to happen all the time. <laughs> you jinxed <laughs> him. We haven't. <laughs> yeah, you jinxed. You know, the smaller animals don't usually get reported. Um, small animals such as cats or skunks or squirrels or anything, but people usually will take care of that themselves if it's in their ditch or whatever. But when there's a large animal, it's harder for them to get rid of or dispose of it. So they'll call us and ask us to take care of it. Call Lauren Nauser. <laughs> Lauren Nauser, former city councilwoman <laughs> in Columbia, former uh, former playmate here on the show of ours. She was part of Wake Up Mid-Missouri for a long time. She had stuff in the back of her pick-em-up truck, and she'd stop. If you ever saw this tiny little old woman with, like, hazmat gear scraping stuff off the side of the road, good chance that was Laura Nowser. Have you ever, before we let you go, I have so many questions, man, <laughs> and just not enough time. We're going to have to preempt the Gary Nolan show, which starts at 9 o'clock. <laughs> um, and you, like when you get a newbie. Uh, that's working for you guys, and you say, "Oh, by the way, you got to go do this uh, today." Um, what's the reaction uh, you get from some of the new employees that are finding out for the first time this is part of what you do? Well, once again, no matter who it is, mm-hmm. it doesn't make me very popular amongst the employees. But yeah, we have sent a couple of new guys out, and they're like, "We have to do that." <laughs> yeah, that's part of what we do. So, you know, it's. It, it, it's not a it's not a popular activity. It's it's just a necessary activity. So sure. we, we we take care. Of it. Luckily, it's not it's not something we'd have to do every day. So we have some great uh, citizens here in Cole County that you know very rural in some areas, and they'll they'll take care of the situation themselves. They'll drag the deer off into the woods, let nature take its course, and you know we're very fortunate down here in this area that that people 
usually will take care of these items themselves. Good citizens, good Americans. And I was going to say, and you guys probably don't know how much you are appreciated because if we don't see the roadkill, we don't think of it. Uh, but when it's there, there's one on uh, in Boone County on WW in between uh, 63 and the vineyards. And that thing, I think, has been there since October. And for a while, <laughs> uh, man, it had a stench to it that even going 75 miles an hour with the windows held up, holding your breath with your facial glue, you can still smell that stuff. So, Brian, know that people appreciate you. And thank you so much for checking in the show, man. It was a lot of fun. Well, I tell you, in all the years I've been doing interviews for the radio and television, this is a first for me. So I want to tell you how much I appreciate getting to come on and tell you about our story of picking up roadkill. That It's very riveting. I'm sure everyone's just at the edge of their seats listening. Brian Boyce, dude, thank you so much. All right, coming up five minutes from now, another first here on the show. I have never uttered this business's name. It's just something you won't hear me talk about. Stephanie, probably. Hannah, probably. Me? No. Is but, it Tampax or something? Oh. Lulamon? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's coming up. We're covering it because it's going to be the focus of today's Morning Bell Business News. A little twist only we can give. You're going to do that. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. Hello. It's 26 time for the Morning Bell Business News with a little twist only. Stephanie Bell can give you, and I got out of it this morning. I said, here's something I'm never, I never thought I'd uh, do a 10-minute conversation with somebody about roadkill and how they get <laughs> up roadkill. We've checked that off the list this morning with our guest co-host, Steve uh, Spellman, who's in for Stephanie Bell today. And then I said, I'm going to mention uh, a business here that I've never, I think, in my entire radio career have never ever talked about. And I got out of it today because Steve Spellman is handling the morning bell. Yeah, not exactly the most masculine store. A Bed Bath & Beyond, a story that you handed me here uh, from USA Today. That's just... what you were so scared of. <laughs> it's not so, not so bad. Yeah, I wasn't scared of it. I was like, I want to keep the streak alive. I've never had to talk about. I it. went one once, checked around. You know, there's fruity, you know, fruity smelling lotions, and you know, it's, uh, you know, very, very nice things. But that's Bath and Body Works. Oh, okay. <laughs> Bed Bath and Beyond the Body. Maybe works. that's maybe that's the one I went to. It's bath something. They're, they're commonly uh, confused for each other, but either way, Bed Bath and Beyond is a department store for like home goods. Unless you're shopping uh, for a birthday or Valentine's Day. I just don't see a need for a dude to be in a place like that. <laughs> Whatever the yeah, store is. But but nonetheless, it's kind of a story. It says uh, Bed Bath & Beyond closes another 87 stores in 30, uh, 30 states. Um, they've had financial problems here. It says they're uh, closing another, like I said, 87 stores nationwide. So what I'm they've, wondering is like, okay, well, is this, does this have something to do? Because we've seen the, the big tech companies laying uh, between Google and uh, and Amazon. Yeah. So they're like you're talking approaching 50,000 people across the country. They yeah. off. We pay attention. How, how, how much attention should I be paying to this? Yeah, so you mentioned the tech sector. They ramped up a lot during COVID because people were you know, subscribing to Netflix and doing... Uh, uh, you know, home delivery and stuff. Amazon was taken off. And then, oh, well, that's not going to go up forever. So they're kind of, you know, scaling back. And part of this, you know, Bed Bath & Beyond is one of these what in, uh, you know investors and so forth call consumer discretionary. So there's consumer staples like going to Walmart or buying soap, you know, Procter & Gamble, things like that. These Bed Bath & Beyond are like extras in life. You know, people enjoy them. But if they're if we got inflation, uh, interest rates are going up, the cost of living going up. People kind of tighten their belts, and you know things like you know you know home goods and things like that. You know, are extras, and people cut back on those before 
you know, prioritized, you know, paying their electric bill, uh, you know, buying soap, you know, uh, school supplies for their kids, you know, the basics. And so things like this, you're going to have problems. And, you know, this company's been teetering on the brink of uh, uh, bankruptcy, it's saying here. Uh, third quarter results there, you know, important to Wall Street and stuff. Their sales were down by a third. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. In, in the hole from about 180 out, I've seen him, uh, I've seen him, of course, on the football field. I've seen him swing the bat a little bit in baseball. So, I mean, he's pretty good at pretty much everything. That's Patrick Mahomes complimenting Tom Brady. They were being interviewed separately together, uh, I think prior to the Super Bowl a couple years ago when the Chiefs and the Bucks faced off. Uh, and they were asked, which Super Bowl, which superpower of the other athlete would you like to have? Patrick Mahomes bra- bragging about Tom Brady's hands. Tom Brady, again, making it, I guess, kind of official today, saying he's retiring, he says, this time for good. And I think it's one of those people love to hate Tom Brady. We love to hate greatness sometimes. Mm-hmm. As a Cardinals fan, hate the Yankees. Uh, as a Blues fan, hate the Detroit Red Wings. As a long time, the New England Patriots. People Thank you. <laughs> right? <laughs> yes. Because sometimes just greatness. Even though we celebrate greatness, uh, unless it's obnoxious, like the Yankees or maybe and Tom, Tom Brady. Yeah, uh, he's retiring. But I got to wondering because everybody says Tom Brady easily greatest quarterback of all time. Is that pretty much? Uh, I mean, I guess he ranks at the top of most of the most of the stat totals. What does he have? Like eighty-five thousand career yards or something yeah, like that. He's, he's a great athlete. He's been part of championship teams. He is an a- athletic phenomenon, and he's, he's been alarmed a long time. He's handsome. Yeah. Uh, so handsome. He's like, nah, I'm going to divorce my supermodel wife. <laughs> handsome. Super nice dude, apparently. Yeah. And happens to be good at quarterbacking. Unfortunately, beat our Chiefs in the Super Bowl a couple years ago. Yeah. So we got to look, by the way, guest co-host Steve Spellman. He's in for yeah, good morning. Stephanie Bell. We're going to meet Steve here in a second. I want to highlight. He's written a piece for the Missourian. This is a good piece. There's producer Hannah. Brian Houseworth is here. There's John Marsh. Right here. My name is Brandon Rather. Something we can do for you, 874-9390. So I know that Mahomes has only been, what, five years full-time? Six years he's been in the league. Tom Brady been playing football for 37 and a half years. Patrick, if you look at some of the stats, and again, we're only talking uh, Patrick Mahomes at this point, a fourth, a fourth of the games that Tom Brady has played in his career, something like that. But if you look at when, so right now, Patrick Mahomes, and this was actually as of uh, as of November, so you could even you could add a few more wins onto uh, onto Patrick Mahomes' record. But as of November, best latest stats I can see without having to do heavy math, Mahomes uh, had a better winning percentage than Tom Brady, seven ninety two to seven fifty six, which is incredible, by the way, a seven fifty six win percentage, uh, passing yards per game over his career. Uh, Patrick Mahomes has more. Passing touchdowns over his career. Patrick has more passing touchdowns per game. Over two, uh, almost two and a half touchdowns per game in his career. Tom Brady, almost two. So there's a couple of stats. Just, you know, we talk about the greatest of all time. And again, Patrick Mahomes only been playing five or six years, so maybe a different thing. He's an all-star now, though. Yeah, young gun. Yeah, and we are incredibly fortunate. Can't wait for that game coming up in a couple weeks. The Chiefs, and as Congressman Mark Olford likes to call him, the Cincinnati Bungles. Welcome. Not anymore. <laughs> I don't. Eagles. <laughs> uh, the Eagles and Chiefs' latest line. I think Philadelphia is favored to win. 
And the best price you could find on a Super Bowl ticket, roughly, John, how much was that? Uh, last check this morning, just shy of 8000 for the cheap seats. Hmm. Should have bought, should have bought yesterday. They were only $4,500 yesterday. They could have gotten a deal yesterday. Yeah. Uh, Steve Spellman. He's in. Stavity Bell will be back in a few days, and you might recognize uh, Steve Spellman. He does a lot in mid-Missouri. Uh, he does uh, does uh, some some writing. Missourian picks up his pieces a lot. As a matter of fact, really good piece. Do want to get into? But it occurred to me, you know, you know everybody here on the Wake Up Mid Missouri family. You know, Stephanie's an attorney with kids and just super busy. And producer Hannah, twenty two years old, ag degree, John Marsh, the legend. Me, the chubby balding dude who doesn't <laughs> like to wear shoes. But what about Steve Spellman? It occurs to me. Don't you kind of want to know where you're getting some of your information from? Don't you want to know about that person? Well, I want to say this person before I ask you some questions. Steve Spellman, all around nice guy. And I don't know why. <laughs> when we first, our first dealings a couple of years ago, I don't know why this is. And I've tried. Yeah, when we first meet, I don't I don't know. Here, but uh, for some reason, uh, I, I thought maybe it was because your stuff was being picked up by liberal newspapers. I just assumed that, oh, this guy is, uh, he's a progressive. Not the case. One of the uh, most well, when he talks or when he has opinions on things, it is very well thought out. It is never in anger, and I have an appreciation for it. I can't always do that, especially when it comes to some of our local school districts. I can point out facts and do all of this, but I have to really do it not in anger because I get so passionate about it. Steve Spellman does not have a problem with that. Uh, what's what's your what do you do for a living? Yeah, so I, I work in uh, investments and uh, finance and so forth, a local bank. And, yeah. uh, but uh, what so do you do exactly? Because Steve, I got to tell you, when people <laughs> when I meet somebody, they ask me, they say, "What do you do for a living?" Here's what I say: I say, "I'm in marketing." Not really oh, so, lying. Yeah. Oh, elevator speech. Yeah. So, so I help people uh, achieve their financial goals. Yeah, you know, and and provide uh, a stability in a, a chaos world. You know, a, a voice of reason. You know, in people's lives, and really, uh, you know, be able to for people to live their values on so, their terms. Here's why I say marketing. It's all encompassing, and I don't want to get into it because I'll say if I say talk show host, and this mm -hmm. is and this is a problem in my opinion with talk radio. Mm -hmm. uh, people will go. Oh, you're a conservative talk show host. And I say, no, I'm a talk show host mm -hmm. who happens to be mostly conservative to independent libertarian. And we talk about things other than uh, than politics. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's why when you kind of gave that broad answer, I'm in finance. And so that's what you do for a living. You help other people. Your life is dedicated to helping other people. Yeah, yeah. And I'm a, a, a Missouri uh, native. Mm -hmm. I grew up here, Hickman High School. So How long have you been so married? Uh, 23 years. 23 yeah. years. Been yeah. married longer than Hannah has been on planet Earth. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, August, August of 99. I guess we have five children, a couple at Mizzou, and then... Uh, I guess we have five one. children. I guess I lost track after the fourth one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Five. Uh, other aspects of life. How, but how did you and your wife meet? Been married for uh, uh, 23 through, through years. Through church. Through church? Yeah. Right. Who, yeah. Who asked who out? How did that work out? Uh, we don't remember. Uh, we were just uh, friends. Mm -hmm. uh, I knew her, knew his, her, uh, her brother, and uh, we were just hanging out, and oh, we're not sure when the first date date yeah. exactly was. It just kind of morphed into one thing and another. But just you woke up one day, oh my gosh, we're married, and we have 3.7 kids with another <laughs> 1.3 on the way. Marsh, do you remember how you and your wife met? Uh, yes. Okay. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, to answer your question, yes. Uh, the simplest answer... I don't have my legal representation. She's mm -hmm. not here today, so it's all good. Uh, a complete answer is yes. And also 
a complete answer? No. So, married, uh, five kids, married for a long time. What is it you like best about your job? Uh, just be able to help people, okay. um, you know, and, and really uh, pursue interests. Um, mm-hmm. You know, studying economics as a, I'm not a trained economist, but, you know, it really has a crossover in my professional life as well as uh, personal life. So, personal finance, but also kind of public communications. Um, I hosted a uh, public access uh, radio program weekly here. That's in why Missouri. I thought you were a progressive. That was it. <laughs> yeah. So, and I kind of found, um, uh, so I was a bit of a fish out of water. I mean, everybody knew that and kind of found that more of the libertarian um, mm-hmm. angle. So kind of a liber- like kind of a Gary Nolan talking to the left kind of mm-hmm. was the audience. Sure. Had to fit the audience to some degree. Yeah. And so that was, yeah. you know, morphing my personal values yeah. and opinions and toning that down to where it didn't inflame people and got people thinking because i didn't think you're gonna convince the audience that i had there um you know otherwise and with the columbia Missourian, you mentioned you know oh why is that there i mean the editors years ago really were looking for at least somebody to take kind of a conservative angle they wanted that kind of that anchor piece to balance out some other things and i've uh, been doing that several years Okay. Uh, do that every every couple weeks, and there's a piece uh, you mentioned that's coming out uh, probably later today. So on tell me about, and here's what I love about this piece, and I want you to hi- uh, highlight it. Um, I-, I love it because, uh, well, because it happens to agree with what I think. As a matter of fact, I went to a Republican <laughs> meeting on Friday, and I walked. I couldn't stay for the whole thing, but I said, you know what? I think as we talk about this whole thing with the Columbia Public School yeah. District, uh, yeah, the thing with with the the drag performers and two elected two elected. City officials giving them tips. Yeah, there's all that. But the bigger thing that really is, in my mind, more important that we can win on, because otherwise people go, oh, you're just against the, the, the transgender lifestyle. And that is could not be more false. It was the communication. And I think that's something we can focus on. This is the point, kind of the bottom line of your piece that's in the uh, Missourian. Yeah, it's kind of an open letter to a socially conservative friend. Kind of use that, say, literary device uh, to, to kind of, like, I'm speaking to somebody like you or one of my listeners or relatives or people from church that I know that this is all inflamed on both sides. Um, and really, you know, People go into a MLK uh, diversity breakfast at 8.30 in the morning. They're seeing, you know, choirs and uh, people giving awards for, you know, racial sensitivity and, and things like that. You know, Martin Luther King's celebration of, you know, social justice, this, this sort of thing. And then they're in their second cup of coffee and a drag show pops yeah. out. And, like, well, uh, 8.30 in the morning, like, mm-hmm. even liberal people I talk to are like, well, you know, it's a later in the day sort of thing. Yeah. And the organizer says it's G-rated. What are you worried about? Well, there was a a kid there that was you know, nonverbal autistic, autistic, and the principal there felt like they had to apologize. Yeah. And, I mean, drag by its essence, it's what uh, dressed as a girl. I think mm-hmm. it's an acronym. It doesn't mm-hmm. get explained very much. But it is a sensualized, sexualized mm-hmm. type thing. Mm-hmm. It brings attention to sexuality. Now, they weren't G-strings or whatever dancing around, but sequin dresses and you know, flamboyant hair and this sort of thing. And the, the crowd was inspired to give cat calls, like, woohoo, yeah. Mm-hmm. And there were some people, including two city council members, giving dollar yeah. bills to them, yeah. which feels like, you know, That's, the movie's a strip club yeah. sort of thing. And, um, you know, just sensitivities to different people. There was a, a guy I knew that with a mutual acquaintance, his uh, wife had gone to those with her church group in the past. And years ago, there was a ballet dancer, so very fine art, not 
you know, pornographic <laughs> any stretch. But some guy I should mention that was, you know, didn't have a shirt mm-hmm. and very, very tight pants, if you know what I mean. <laughs> and she felt like she kind of blushed. Yes. Wink, wink. I know what you and mean, so Steve. <laughs> the sensibilities of, a, well, a, a diverse audience. Yeah. Uh, and people didn't know this was coming. Yeah. And uh, I even talked to a gay guy I know that uh, is supportive of drag. He participates in that. And he said, look, I wouldn't want my kid going there on a school trip without my consent. And I think it was Dr. Is it Laura Wakefield, a listener. She's called in here mm-hmm. before in recent weeks and said, you know, she supports drag and, and all that sort of thing. She said, look, those folks are big on consent. They want their audience to want to be there, mm-hmm. to know what's coming there. And it was really a, a misstep. And you, you mentioned about the school district. You said, well, we didn't know. Well, yeah, that's Inclusion Plus, the, the group that puts on drag shows <laughs> in the community was like doing the entertainment. Isn't that like, well, what, what do you have planned exactly? Because yeah. we got different people in the audience here. Yeah, and uh, when you have the mouthpiece for the Columbia Public School District that was separate of the school for the city of Columbia on the planning committee to do that and then yeah. not tell anybody. And a school board member was as well. Yeah, a school board member right. was as well. That is just sick and wrong and they've got... They it's a head really, scratcher, at it, least. They've, they, they need to resign, not and they, they, they need to quit saying, nope, we're we're bearing down. We think we're right. We're right. Two things. Number one, you are not right. You are so wrong. And number two, it is incredibly selfish and arrogant not to resign, frankly. You really need to resign. Yeah. It's not. It's about the kids. Right. It's a, You're talking about kids yeah. and our community. This has not been, CPS has not been, uh, it's not the first time they've been a number one topic yeah. and a point of friction for people in the community. Absolutely positive. Quit being arrogant. Quit being selfish. Be a decent human being and resign. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. Enjoy. Leftovers. Some of the things we didn't get a chance to get to on the show today. Marsh, what is in your refrigerator this morning? Got pretty uh, heated over in the Missouri Senate Emerging Issues Committee. They hosted a hearing yesterday for six different bills. They all surrounded transgender female athletes, female sports. They bumped heads pretty good, both sides of it, over about two hours. That hearing went over there. And some of these mid-Missouri news outlets, I wish they would be more responsible. This is not anti-transgender legislation. Uh, They lie, and I can't believe they get away with it. It's anti-transgender. If you you want uh, girls to play on the girls' team... And you want boys to play on the boys' team. Yeah. There's nothing anti. Nobody is anti. Senator Koenig pretty yeah. much said, should we have men's sports and women's sports, or should we say the heck with it and just make everything co-ed? That was his line. You could you could do it that way. There is nobody that is anti-transgender, and I wish somebody with more power and better position than myself would go to these uh, news outlets and say, quit calling it anti-transgender, or you find the place in that bill. Show me where it says we're against transgender. It is not it uh, at all. Steve, what you got for leftovers? I think, you know, Brandon, you've had a line, the more localer, the more importanter, and you know, as conservatives looking at national narratives about stuff going on in schools or questions about what actually is being taught, uh, you know, Governor Ron DeSantis, you know, does, does some good things, but really, I would encourage folks, you know, your school board candidates, wherever you're at, ask tougher questions Get them on the record. What what what's the direction that our that your school district should go? Just something reasonable. And if they'll call for advocacy, for people concerned about those issues, check out this website, Moms for Liberty. It's MomsForLiberty.org. 
their local chapters that they want to get going. Uh, they've done a lot of work in Florida and other states where they've turned a school board uh, uh, candidates and, and, and the folks that are on there, but I'd like to see a chapter in mid-Missouri here somewhere. Uh, start one. And we've had several folks asking, following another win for Chuck Basie, judge yesterday saying, uh, yeah, Brianna Lennon, the Boone County clerk, who actually quote-tweeted me on that uh, mm. phrase one time. Uh, the more local or the more important or Brianna Lennon. It's quote. catchy. Ah. Um, said you gotta, you gotta put Chuck Basie's name on the ballot. We've had several people text the radio stations this morning say, hey, uh, where can we give to his campaign? He says he's going to have some things coming up very soon. Additionally, on Facebook, there is a bogus Chuck Basie for Columbia Public School Board page. It is, <laughs> yeah, it's not his page. He is going to have info in the other one in that district, in the Columbia Public School District, John Potter. As soon as we get campaign info on yes. those, uh, we will let you know. Oh, and also in Leftovers, we were talking about the piece, the opinion piece Steve uh, Spellman has written for the Missourian. I love Jefferson City News Tribune and their opinion pieces. They're just so like the latest one. And